I hope you've had a chance to listen to part one of this interview on BizBytes. Stay tuned now for part two. Welcome to BizBytes, brought to you by ComTogether, helping businesses like yours build their brand through telling amazing stories to engage and grow audiences on multiple platforms. I, I, I wanted to talk to you as well about your role in all of this. So, so how did you find your way to, uh, to Small Business Australia? Tell me a little bit about that story. Well, the Langs uh, arrived for the gold rush up in the Ballarat area in Victoria in the 1860s, came out from uh, Prussia. And so I think we're like six, maybe even seven generations now of Langs around. And in the case of my father, he was one of 15 children, um, all of which had left school by the time they were 13 or 14. And uh, all have ended up in small business, all have had businesses, have all ended up making a living out of having a business. And in the case of my father, unfortunately, he had a very dodgy accountant and discovered, because my father you know, can't read or write, discovered that a lot of money was owed to the tax office and that accountant ended up suiciding uh, and taking a lot of businesses uh, down. So I was fortunate. I was educated by the Christian brothers who kept me at school compared to some of the other teenagers from the, the south side of town where I grew up. And some of them were in jail. Some of them are dead. Uh, but I stayed at school to year 12 and then was fortunate enough to get into university where I studied accounting. Uh, and then fortunate to uh, very naively you know, write some letters to big accounting firms, some of which said, come back when you're in second year. But one invited me in to have a cup of tea and then offered me a job to work for them that summer. So I was the first first year student to uh, have a summer job with them. That ended up being five or six years. I then, I then moved into the law faculty. Uh, then at, at uni with a couple of other mates, we started a business called Dr. Dog. So we sold hot dogs out the front of pubs and nightclubs in Melbourne. Had a fleet of vans. We called it, uh, when I applied to go to Harvard Business School to do my MBA, I called it a mobile monopoly uh, because we had a lot of pricing power. So we would get there half an hour before closing time and leave half an hour after closing time and do three to four venues a night. And uh, it's quite amazing what you can charge for hot dogs. Very good hot dogs, by the way, but we had a very much a variable pricing uh, strategy, which I then learned at Harvard. That's what it was. But look, I've, I've grown up around uh, small business people my whole life. I've been fortunate to get, uh, you know, well formally educated and then to work uh, internationally. And then back in the late 90s with a mate of mine from a, a firm called McKinsey and Company, we started an internet company here called Free Online. And we went from zero to 400,000 customers in 18 months to be number two to what was called Big Pond. Uh, then we're about to float that company here and the NASDAQ's uh, index went from about 6,000 to 1,200. And uh, we're all, everything was done. Several hundred thousand dollars had been spent on all the advisors. We're about to raise $50 million. And our uh, underwriter, who wasn't really underwriting it, it was called Lee Managing, said, well, look, no, we don't guarantee we're going to get you the money. So we couldn't raise the money. So 12 months later, fortunately, we, we kept at it and the underlying technology we had developed was pretty compelling, and we we entered into a $120 million partnership with British Telecom and AT&T, and I moved to Silicon Valley. So we're over there for a couple of years, uh, ended up selling that business on to them and then moving back with the family back to Melbourne and then thought, okay, well, I want to do something international, something that's sort of education and skill development. Uh, and then we start, started a business called Bill Lang International, and uh, we've had clients in 50 different countries using processes and systems we developed for helping people manage people and helping small business people manage their small business. Uh, that culminated in a, in a global book called Scores on the Board. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Small Business Australia had been an entity that uh, from time to time 
uh, you know, we had used for campaigns like trying to get rid of bass statements, for example, and uh, like why do you know why can't it be treated like company tax and just once a year we do a reconciliation rather than all that additional paperwork? Good for the accountants, but of no great benefit to the small business owner. Uh, and then we decided to really, you know, particularly as uh, the pandemic happened, we we owned for a while a trademark called Buy Local, and we decided to get very very active that we would need big companies to help a lot of the small businesses during the pandemic. And, and it was terrific. We formed Team Small Business Australia. ScoMo had something called Team Australia for a while, uh, but Team Small Business Australia is still in place. And so companies like Telstra, Aussie Post, NAB, Pexout all instantly got on board, started providing resources. We interacted with their uh, customer-facing teams in terms of the conversations and help the small business owners that they would need to do through, particularly in Victoria, an incredibly uncertain time here for a couple of years around the number of uh, lockdowns and other sorts of things that took place. Uh, and that's culminated more recently and we've had our first ever national conference. So that happened a couple of weeks ago in Melbourne. Um, more than 1,500 business owners have accessed all the resources we've put together, the recordings and things. And uh, we'll probably look to do that now on, on a bit of an ongoing basis. But again, it's bringing, helping big business you know, truly support, understand and collaborate with small businesses. And then increasingly, helping small business owners, particularly male ones that are a bit older, to, uh, you know, get together. You know, I, I find, generally speaking, the female business owners that we deal with uh, are much better at uh, sharing with each other, helping each other, uh, whereas with this rate of digitisation and the challenges that a lot of businesses that have been owned for a long time and, and led by, you know, uh, male business owners uh, are facing challenges and risks like the pandemic was was awful, but it only takes a major cyber attack. It only takes a couple of other things. And out of nowhere, out of the blue, some of these businesses can be, you know, destroyed. So that's an area of real focus for us now is the, the older business owner and helping them understand the risks and how to manage them and how to pick good partners and good vendors rather than just having the IT guy. Or once upon a time with marketing and advertising as a local business, just bought an ad in the yellow pages, you know? Yes. Now there are hundreds of different things and you got told to go and do blogging a few years ago. And then now it's social media. Now it's AI, you know, like it's this stuff continues to come, to come at them and it, it's still fundamentals of business are the same, but different types of customers want to communicate in different ways. So that's very much our focus now. But Small business uh, runs in my DNA. It's um, for anyone who's got a small business that uh, you know has reasonably predictable profits. It's a great way to achieve a range of other life goals you've got with you know coaching your kids at cricket and doing those sorts of things and uh, having a bit more flexibility with holiday times and all of that sort of stuff. And we uh, worked with Aussie Post to create something called Local Business Heroes. It's in its third year now. And, uh, and I do, I coach directly the winners of local business heroes and some of the businesses that people have started all around the country, particularly in regional Australia, uh, and a lot of them women, that, that these businesses that they've started and have developed are enabling them to meet their life goals. It's, it's not purely about the finances. It's not necessarily mm. about really super, super rich, although some of them have got some fantastic businesses they're building. But it's uh, and as we realized, I said, look, well, I'm not. I, I refuse to use the term mummypreneur. These are these women are entrepreneurs. You know, they've identified a gap in the market. They've gone about doing something about it. They're you know balancing and juggling the other needs, and uh, it's just fantastic. And that's a you know that's a small business owner. You know, they're leaders, leaders of their families, leaders of their businesses, leaders in their community, and 
We need more people doing it and those that are thinking about giving it away. No, no, we, we're a bit of help here and there and uh, you can keep going. I love it and I love what you guys do. I, I've got one final question uh, just to wrap things up as well. Uh, well, actually two if we can squeeze it in, but I just very quickly because I know you ran the conference recently and we've touched on a little bit separately. Give me a bit of a, a, a summary of what you see as being the big issues facing small business in the coming year or two. Look, I think uh, there's a lot of time being spent and a lot of errors being made in trying to make different apps and systems and IT work together because uh, a lot of free ones out there or low-cost ones or you've, you've got your IT guy normally and this is what they've always provided. Um, I, I think one of the big areas is, is coming up with something that's much more secure, um, that's integrated, so there's less of those mistakes. The data is more protected. There's such bigger um, obligations now on business owners and consequences. So I think getting the your digital infrastructure really a business grade is what I would describe it as. And and there are some you know great providers now, and you know we're about to uh, put in a, in place effectively a, a website and digital strategy review service where you know we'll have a look at it. We'll give you a report. Will point you in the right direction. Know what you can expect to pay. What to be looking for. So yes, that, that's and that's a big gap that exists at the moment. Where can I go and get that? And you know, drop a thousand bucks and get that rather than I get five requests a day from youngsters in India reckoning I can get me a number one on Google and all this sort of stuff. So that 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 I think is a really big area. And then for a number of other business owners, uh, it's like, well, look, given where you're at, given the change that's coming. Uh, are you going to start? You know, change and stay, or get ready to go. And so, many business owners have been very poor at succession planning, and, and we have a number we have to help. And you know, one of the partners has got cancer, becomes a forced sale, um, and and they haven't really been developed. You know, in terms of being in a good position to not be dependent upon the owner. Uh, so the other part of all is digitization and getting the right robust systems in place. If you do it in the right way, leveraging artificial intelligence capability to do some things a bit more automatically and a bit faster and a bit better will be much easier. Uh, but the other thing is your business is going to be more attractive for someone to buy, uh, to come and take from you, because it's going to be, you know, you're not going to have to hang around, which you know most sellers don't want to have to do. But again, the predictability of the profits, the economic sustainability of the business is much more visible. So, look, I think, um, you know, we, we talked a bit about AI on your recent gathering, and um, I, I think it is absolutely business changing. Will it run your whole business for you? No. Um, if you don't get involved with it, uh, the competitors of yours that do get involved with it are going to start eating more of your lunch. Yes, absolutely. And I think uh, I just wanted to wrap things up with one final quick question for you uh, as well. And, and by the way, I hope we can come back for another episode and explore some of those things you've just touched on because it's such a big area. But I really wanted to just ask you uh, a question that I often ask my guests is, when people have been involved with Small Business Australia for a little period of time, what's the kind of a heart that they have that you wish people now would would know that they so they could come on board and get involved with you? Look, I think um, many of us think, and as humans and as adults, that the you know the best way you learn is by trying things and making a mistake. Right? You think about a kid putting their hand near the open flame on the stove. And the thing about that is you put your hand sort of close to it, you sort of feel the heat or you're in there very quickly and the brain responds and pulls you away. The thing about business is um, that is actually not the best way to learn, particularly if some of the decisions you're making and the things on having a go mean that if you do get it wrong or not quite right, it's going to sink you. 
Like you don't get your intellectual property protected the right way. You don't set up the right corporate structure because you don't really want to pay a lawyer. You buy some cheap thing online, some website that's 50 bucks a month and then you can't do anything with it and then you want to move to something and no, you can't have the information. So there's there's a lot of mistakes that get made along those lines, but the best way to learn is not from making your own mistakes, particularly if they end up being having substantial consequences. The best way is to learn from other people's mistakes. And, and the reality is, you know, everything to do with business is learnable. Um, there are a lot of digital snake oil salesmen out there, so they're promising everything on the internet. And they've got their digital notions, lotions, and potions. Like if you can't sort of talk with someone, interact with someone online, know it's a real person around what they're suggesting you have a look at and the concept that you need to learn. And so I think that's that's that is a key thing. And then the other thing I would say for the older business owners is, you know, you always hear old dogs can't learn new tricks, you know, we're set in our ways, I am the way I am, blah, blah, blah. The truth is that old dogs can learn new tricks, but only one trick at a time. And, and we have a service called the Profit Improvement Blueprint, which is really around getting down to where do we start? What's the first thing that we work on strengthening potentially, say, the foundation of the business? And let's just have three or four months on that. I, I use the analogy of home improvement. You know, we live in a house. We might be renting it. We might own it. It's pretty busy. We're flat chat. We're trying to keep it clean. If we've got kids, it's even more of a challenge. But we walk past a room or two and it's like, got to do something about that bloody dripping tap well, geez, that's annoying me, that flywire screen. So there's always a, a project there and we walk past it and the noises. Most business owners are exactly the same. We're busy running the business and hopefully it's, you know, more's coming in than what's going out, even after we pay tax and super and everything. Uh, but, there's, but there's an area of that business that if the business improver could wave their magic wand that you could get improved would make a significant difference. And, and, it's, and it's finding and making, because oh, I don't have any time or... You don't have any time because you're flat chat trying to chop through the forest with a blunt axe. You don't take a step back and sharpen that axe a little bit and then actually sort of go, you know what, I'll leave those trees there. I'll start with these ones over there. You're going to burn yourself out. You're going to tie. The axe is going to get blunter. You're going to get more tired. You're going to do your back. So I think, you know, investing in a community where you can work out where am I at, what's the next thing, how do I think about finding someone to help me and how do I assess value? Uh, so, in other words, come and join uh, businessadvantage.online, which is our $300 a year premium membership. But, but you can come and join for free, get a buy local listing, which will help you with SEO and uh, AI, open AI and, and chat GPT in particular. But uh, if you've got a particular need, come and have a look at what we've got and we'd love to help you. Fantastic, Bill. Thank you so much. As always, we're going to include plenty of information in our show notes below. So we invite everyone to come onto the website and check those things out. Thank you for being an incredible guest. And I hope we can have you back sometime soon. Anthony, thanks for the opportunity. And, uh, you know, again, for all the business owners out there, thank you for everything you're doing for your local communities and keep going. Biz Bites is brought to you by Com Together for all your marketing needs so you can build your brand engage audiences on multiple platforms go to comtogether.com.au follow the links to book an appointment for a free consultation